Hi, I'm Kristen, and this is the Simple Handmade Everyday Podcast, where I talk about living a creative, intentional life. I like to chat about quilting, sometimes knitting, what I'm reading and watching, and a little bit about keeping a cozy, organized home. I've got my cup of tea in hand, so grab yours and let's settle in for a chat. This is episode 72. Welcome. Welcome, friends. How are you? It's good to be back here in the uh, lazy days of summer or winter, if that's where you're at. Over here, we are basically on a mission to enjoy this last summer before my youngest goes away to college. We actually have a list on the whiteboard of movies to watch together and adventures to go on. And last weekend, we did the first, I don't know if it's really the first adventure, but we went to the Hollywood Bowl. And that wasn't, it was very fun. It was a very interesting experience because that is by far the largest group of people that I have been around for a very long time. Um, here in California, you know, we are, our, our vaccination rates are very high. Hollywood Bowl is um, outside. We did have to, it's LA County, so we did have to wear masks on the shuttle that uh, takes you into the Hollywood Bowl. But um, yeah, it was amazing. We saw Kamasi Washington, who is a, um, a jazz guy. Um, I, I live in a household of jazz people, jazz, jazz drummer, jazz guitarist. So, so that was a high end list of people to see. And um, the guy that opened from him for him was a guy named Earl Sweatshirt, who's a rapper. So that one was a little out of my comfort zone, but um, all in all, just a, a super fun, super fun night. Um, we are also trying to figure out some more things to do. Like I think we'll go to a Dodger game. Um, obviously do a few beach trips. There's this bike ride um, that I've talked about before between Ojai and Ventura. It's like a 15 mile one-way bike ride that we've done several times. Um, we'd basically do half of it and then turn around and go back up and have lunch in Ojai. So looking forward to that, you know, just all those kind of fun, uh, fun little adventures that we're going to enjoy this last summer with Ben. One week from today, we leave on vacation. We head up to Washington State. Um, we are just super blessed that in one of my siblings' family that I married into, we have access to this gorgeous lake house that we go up to every other year with my extended family. So it's my dad and two of my brothers and their, their families. And, you know, so there's all the nieces and nephews. And it has been just so wonderful to have that you know, consistent, um, you know, coming together and, and keeping in touch. And it was blessedly unaffected by the pandemic <laughs> since apparently we are on odd years here. So we're doing that and we're, we're still, all the kids, even my kids who are, have jobs and internships still going, you know, we're still able to work this out. So I'm very much looking forward to that. And I think I'm going to make a very concerted effort to stay off of social media the entire time I'm there. Not that I am a big social media presence at all these days. That's, I really have quite a, a conflicted relationship with social media, but, um, I think I'm just going to stay off it the whole time and just really be present and, and recharge. So very much looking forward to that. Oh, I forgot to talk about the cup of tea, as I often do. So today I am drinking out of my anthropology, <laughs> I'm slurring my words today, my anthropology teacup, which has a chip in it that breaks my little heart every time I I see it. Um, I'm drinking Harney and Sons Hot Cinnamon Spice, which is a completely ridiculous choice for the dog days of summer. But, you know, I've been trying to um, 
I've been making this effort to use things up and I kind of had too many different types of tea so I'm kind of just using up what I have and then I think what I need to do is go do um, a nice replenishment order from Harney and Sons. I often buy their tea, loose leaf tea on Amazon but if you go to their website um, they have a much larger selection and so they've got the loose leaf they also have what is loose leaf in their little tea sachets so it's it's still great quality tea with the convenience of a tea bag which fyi i will use two to three times over the course of a day because just like loose leaf tea it's good for more than one use so i just put it in a little saucer and i'll just you know go back and use that a couple of times which makes the the price of you know nicer tea a little easier to handle because um, you know you can just use it multiple times so but I do love hot cinnamon spice if you it is apparently one of their best sellers um, and if you like the candy hot tamales or fire sticks when you were a child you will love hot cinnamon spice tea so anyways um, so what else is going on well right after the um, podcast last time I did not mention it but the next day I was having a colonoscopy we don't need to go into details all is well but I just did on the way my husband was driving me to this procedure uh, just routine and there was a news story on NPR about how many of these diagnostic procedures people did not do during the pandemic mammograms colonoscopies you know even just going to the dentist going to the eye doctor things like that people just didn't do it and um you know there's some there's some fallout from people not getting mammograms and things like that of just diagnosis that should have been made so all of this to say that i very lovingly and gently tell you if you need to go do these things, if you have not gotten your mammogram, says the breast cancer survivor of almost 19 years now, um, go get your mammogram, get your colonoscopy, go back to the dentist, go back to the do all the things that, um, you know, you've been putting off since. Uh, so it was so easy to put them off during the pandemic, right? It was like, oh, no, saying no during the pandemic just became so easy. But saying yes and getting back into it a little bit harder. So definitely go, go do that. Before we head into the quilting content, once again, I would like to say thank you so much to our sponsor, Fat Quarter Shop. Fat Quarter Shop is a one-stop show for quilting fabrics and supplies for quilters around the world. They stock quilt shop quality fabrics, pre-cuts, quilt kits, patterns, notions, and even cross-stitch supplies. Join the Fat Quarter Shop for the most colorful quilt and stitch along of the year inspired by Lori Holt's newest book, Kaleidoscope. The Kaleidoscope Sew Along encourages you to go outside your comfort zone and discover new palettes to play with, which to me sounds amazing. The bed runner pattern exclusively designed by Lori Holt for this sew along and the stitch along for the cross stitch included in the book is double the stitchy fun. From July 28th through August 25th, 2021, we will be stitching and quilting two projects from the Kaleidoscope book. You are not going to want to miss this. I'll put a link in the show notes. Let's talk some quilting. I would love to see what you guys are working on. So please feel free to share whatever projects you're working on in the Simple Handmade Everyday Facebook group. Um, yes, we all love to, to just kind of check in with each other and be inspired. I have mostly been hand quilting. I am still hand quilting the cross hatch pattern on my handpiece quilt along wall hanging that I did along with the sew along. And you know, I was reminded of the fact that I've talked before about how I love hand piecing. That's a, a given. And one of the things that's kind of nice about hand piecing 
is that nobody sees your stitches. And so it doesn't matter, even as a total rank beginner, that, you know, if they're uneven or whatever. It just, I mean, we're just holding two pieces of fabric together. And nobody needs to know what the messy middle is. But with hand quilting, I mean, I usually pick a thread for all my quilting that blends. Um, I know some people really love the quilting to pop. I am not one of those people. I mean, I enjoy it when other people do it, but it's I find it honestly too much pressure. So, um, you know, I'm, I use my faithful Aurifil, um 2000 or 2021. These are all like very nice um, off-white blending threads. So, although for my latest one, I am using 40 weight not 50 so 40 weights is a smidgy smidge of a thicker thread so that is my um like toe dipping my toe into bravery <laughs> on letting my quilting pop um but i used to really think that i didn't like hand quilting but i pushed through and now i love it i love it um my you know stitches may not be super tiny they're also it's i don't think you could consider it big stitch quilting um but it is so just hypnotic. Um, it is such a perfect way to listen to an audiobook or watch a show that's very um, you know, dialogue dependent. You know, it, I watch mysteries, but I miss things <laughs> because sometimes there's silence and the camera zooms in. But so, anyways, um, I don't know if you've ever you know experimented with handwork in this way, but I've just really come to love hand quilting. So I'm really loving that project to the point where I am just. I am wearing just such a <laughs> a patch on my middle finger where that needle pricks it underneath the work and I still just cannot get the hang of putting a thimble or even that little cork pad on it. I just have to live with the fact that when I'm really into to hand quilting or piecing that I just have a pretty ragged callus on my hand. But but that's fine. So I'm enjoying that um, and I am glad to know that when I'm done with this one, I... Um, have another my hand piece quilt along from the year before from 2020 that one's ready to go I've I'm, I've already like I'm, I don't know 10% into hand quilting that one so um so yeah just you know the summer to me is just the perfect time for for handwork because I think there's more there's there's less to do maybe I don't know in my life anyways things slow down in the summer and it's very easy to just pick it up and you know, sew for 10 minutes and put it down. And where to me, sitting down at a machine seems like more of a commitment. Um, also, you know, handwork is quiet, which really appeals to me in this world where we're just so bombarded with noise. Um, I, I have still not really gotten back to my machine, even though it is completely set up. Well, I was doing the improv quilting. Honestly, I haven't gotten back to that, and, and I would like to because I am enjoying that. Um, actually, while I'm talking about that, I would like to share one of my favorite, my new favorite Instagram accounts. I know I keep saying I'm not on social media, which mostly means I'm not posting. I still, you know, have a hard time not, um, not just checking in. I actually took the apps off my phone for a little bit, but then I had to post for, I don't know if it was my last podcast episode or something for you know, Hampi's quilts along or whatever. And I, it's so much easier to do from your phone. So I put them back on. So maybe during vacation, I'll do that. I'll just take the apps off my phone because it's not a big deal to put them back on if you need to get on there. Um, anyways, one of my favorite Instagram accounts for modern improv type quilting is called Holly Grove Threads. And I will put a link in the show notes. Um, but she does absolutely beautiful work 
um, super crazy improv is not appealing to me. Um, I mean, I'll, more power to you if that is your thing. You know, I'm also kind of a neutrals girl, so I'm not really into the, uh, you know, the big, the big colorful stuff. I have, you know, if we're going to talk unpopular, I should do this on the, in the Facebook group, unpopular sewing opinions. Um, I am not a big fan of K Facet or Tula Pink. It's like just their aesthetic is just it's it's not me. I know everybody else loves them, so that always feels a little bit weird, but it's because I'm not a crazy color girl. Anyways, back to Holly Grove Threads. She's been she she kind of plays with with color palettes. Um she's doing right now these this blue color palette that um with that uh curved piecing, not drunkard's path type of curves but more like long strips of what could be almost like waves um i'm not even 100 percent sure how to do that and i need to find out because i love it so i so the things i'm kind of picking up from her is um stick to a limited color palette and um stick to so she does this you know kind of waves and then but it's set in blocks different directions things like that or just angled stripes same, same thing limited color palette um sometimes cool sometimes warm she and she does some other things um but it's interesting for me to kind of figure it out what is it that i like so what what so to break through my resistance to um to improv quilting and i think a lot of it is that I'm insecure about the color and I'm not drawn to chaos. So how can I use those as sort of um, constraining factors in improv designs? Because I have learned from the, uh, what's it called? Like the Complete Guide to Improv um, book, which I have read like a novel many times, never actually used it. But she talks about it um, taking a project like a score because you know like for instance jazz there's a lot of improvising in jazz and it seems really random but I know that it's not and so that to keep it from getting away from you you pick some constraining factors you pick a design element a color palette um, size of block you know you just these different kinds of constraining factors and that helps you sort of find your groove so so um i'm really enjoying that instagram account definitely um pop over and see what she does and also um there's another um account called midlife quilter and she's actually a shop and i don't really um follow many quilt shops except for of course back quarter shop um because uh you know I just don't. I like to buy local or basically from Fat Quarter Shop. But she has um, such an eye for bundles. She sells a lot of bundles. And um, it's just, it's beautiful. It's more muted um, kind of color palettes. And also she shares some beautiful quilts. But I just find that um, it's a very inspirational account. So definitely check out Midlife Quilters. Midlife Quilter, singular. So since I'm not really onto my next machine quilting project, I'm just kind of taking this time to say it's okay to just research, look, be inspired, look at what other people are making, let go of expectations that you need to have a quilt 
in process right now because it feels really strange that I don't, but I'm also really relishing the fact that I'm finishing some things that, um, you know, would otherwise go unfinished. And um, hand quilting a small quilt is a really easy portable project to take on vacation. So I'm looking forward to that. But when the callus on my finger was feeling a little out of control, I actually set down the hand quilting and pulled out some sock yarn and cast on a pair of socks. I have not knitted for like a year. And um, I generally knit socks cuff down magic loop method. And I don't do a lot of patterns. I'm just kind of what they call a vanilla sock girl. Um, because to me, following a pattern at some points can be fun because it keeps your attention. But I was really looking for the round and round and round meditative aspect of quilting, of, of quilting, of knitting a sock. But here's the funny thing. I kind of forgot how to knit a sock. <laughs> and it's funny. I looked up, um, you know, the, 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 the recipe, the sort of the sock recipe I use is actually written for DPNs, which I used to knit socks that way, but I much prefer the magic loop method. So when I was really into sock knitting, I had all the adaptations of, of um, how many stitches should be where and, you know, where you're how to mark your increases or decreases, things like that. Um, I had them very fresh in my mind and little sticky notes that made perfect sense, which no longer makes sense to me. So I decided I was just going to look up, see if I could find a vanilla magic loop sock um, recipe or pattern or whatever. And I did, but it's funny because she does it a little different than I did. And I was just like, I completely forgotten how to get into the round on magic loop until I decided to just put it away and cast on again and do it from like what made sense to my brain and muscle memory and that's when I had success but I will tell you that I cast on and ripped off this sock at least a half a dozen times before I finally got going on it and now I'm you know six inches down the cuff and all is well but man I was just like it's so crazy that if you don't if you don't use it you lose it <laughs> kind of thing um, and I, I was cleaning off pictures off my iPad one day and saw a picture of me just like I always am uh, on the patio in my swing chair knitting a sock and it was like June 28th so like a year ago apparently right in the middle of summer is when I get the urge to knit a sock um, and part of it is just it's very portable it's not hot on your lap you know things like that so I bought some beautiful um, variegated tone-on-tone um, -tone blue uh, stroll a sock yarn from Knit Picks a while back because I was placing an order and I was doing that thing where I was trying to get up to free shipping and so I was really glad that I had it um, on hand so so that's been you know I just every once in a while if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time you know every once in a while I rediscover knitting and then what happens usually is um, I'm not a very good knitter so things start to go wrong and I have to rip out and blah 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 and then I get mad and then I throw it in the back of the closet and um, and then I'm done with knitting, knitting until I decide to knit a sock again. But as I mentioned in the last podcast I'm reading this book called Life Reimagined which is all about um, midlife and beyond and the things that you can do to ensure that you thrive instead of just survive. And one of those things is um, obviously finding hobbies, finding passions, and things that challenge you. And I've kind of realized, you know what, knitting is a challenge for me. So I should probably do a little more in that area, especially because it's um, often a three-dimensional craft. 
And that stretches my brain. One of the things I like about quilting is that it's flat and it doesn't really have to fit. <laughs> Unlike sewing clothes, of which I still have a few projects that I would like to do there, like my linen tank, which I should do while it's still summer here. Anyways, um, so I years ago, and I am talking, I don't know, seven years ago or something, bought a pattern called tea leaves. Um, the uh, soul, soul mama, if you ever follow her blog or whatever, she has knit a million of these tea leaf sweaters. And it was just a super sweet sweater that had um, kind of a nice pattern on the yoke, um, three quarter length sleeve, and the rest of it's just stockinette. So it, you know, didn't seem too bad. And I have stopped and started that so many times. A few years ago, I really got on a roll with it and um, thought I was going to finish it. Well, in kind, almost did till I realized that the two sleeves were very different from each other. And I didn't really know why. And um, so I just, again, I just threw it in a Ziploc bag and tossed it in the back of the closet. And now I'm thinking, you know what? I just need to rip out one or both sleeves and just start over. The problem is, is part of it is that I can't, can't find that yarn anymore and so it's it's getting a little dicey as to whether I have quite enough so th but there's ways to, to figure that out too. just use a con contrasting band at the bottom or whatever but it's been kind of in my mind you know and maybe not this summer but maybe in the fall I will bring that out rip out those sleeves and finally finish that sweater um, because I think that that getting over that that hurdle that challenge is, is good for good for my brain so I invite you to think about what are areas in quilting or knitting that you kind of shy away from because they're hard. Um, I know a lot of people just actually find ruler work, you know, like how to use quilting rulers confusing. And I used to, but you can kind of get over that. But if there are certain techniques that you shy away from because they seem too hard, I'm trying to think of what those could be. Applique, well, frankly, free motion quilting, uh, ruler work on quilting, things like that stretching your mind to more improv um, styles of quilts or modern quilting of just thinking completely outside the grid these are all things that um, just in addition to being fun um, are actually really just good for you so maybe kind of think about that let's move on to books well because i've been doing so much handwork of course i'm listening to a bunch of audiobooks um, but also reading some actual bookie books one book that I talked about last week was called The Restoration of Celia Fairchild by Marie Bostwick. And I was in the middle of it last podcast and I finished it and I have to give it an unreserved thumbs up. I really enjoyed it. Um, and you know what? That Now that I think about it, that very much could be what gave me the itch to start knitting again. I'm very susceptible <laughs> to that. If people are knitting or quilting in books and having a really good time and interacting with other people and forging friendships, then you know that I'm just going to start stitching or knitting or whatever. Um, but over in the Quilt Fiction um, podcast group, um, led by Francis Dowell, they're doing a, um, a book club. And they are reading Confessions from the Quilting Circle by Maisie Yates. And um, so I downloaded that book and started reading it. And what was very interesting to me, they were both published in 2020. Um, the Marie Bostwick book in March, this one from Maisie Yates in May. And I was struck by the similar 
themes. It was crazy. So let's uh, just kind of without, I'll try not to, you know, spoil anything. But basically, they're about um, two, both of them are, are young women that go back to their hometown. Um, someone has died and they are inheriting a house. In some cases, it's one person, and it's the other one, it's, you know, the character and her sisters. Um, they're both ready for a complete change in their life. And there is a knitting com- component to both these stories. Both of these houses also have an outbuilding that was once a shop. Um, in one case, it was a candy store. In another case, it was a haberdashery that they would like to turn into um, a, you know, some sort of a crafting, craft space, either a business or not or whatever. It's like, it's just like amazing. <laughs> <laughs> how similar these stories are. Um, I will say that um, I truly loved the restoration of Celia Fairchild. Confessions from a Quilting Circle. Um, I haven't finished it. I'm not even sure if I will. It's fine. It is not the best written story. Marie Boswick is definitely a better writer. But if you do love just, you know, the quilty fiction, um, you know, it's it's pretty fun. But yeah, I, I did, I kind of lost my traction on it because, um one of the reasons is, I've told you before about this series um, called Notor- the Notorious Series, and it is um, a series of, you know, crafty mis- murder mysteries that I have just gotten such a kick out of this summer. Um, there are 10 books in the series. I blew through the first nine, and I pre-purchased the, I pre-ordered the 10th book that just all of a sudden appeared in my Kindle app one day. And I was like, I've completely forgot that I did that. You know, it was $2 or something. It was great. So I, once I, I know I love those and I'll go also, I will just say not, you know, that we're not talking literary fiction here. It is completely lightweight, um, but completely fun, um, knitting she owns a knit store uh, a knitting store called notorious the problem and i've mentioned this before is just like the ridiculous number of puns as a matter of fact it's called something ridiculous like in stitchness and in health that drives me crazy about it but but still fun um, i've already talked about life reimagined by barbara bradley haggerty i talked about it last podcast and i'm almost finished with that and again um, if you are, you know, in uh, 45 plus, I think this is, it's a good book to read. It really, t- it's, it's part memoir, part science of the brain and what, um, you know, just different things that you can introduce into your life and, um, and why people, I think, let me finish one thought, and things you can introduce into your life to just so that you age well. And isn't that what we all want from, from mental things to physical things, um, and uh, so I'm, I'm just completely enjoying that. The other book that I am about, according to my Libby app, um, I think about 70% done with, so I think I can give it a, a review here, is The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. And this was recommended to me from a friend, and it's clearly must be, you know, one of the it books of the season because when I first um, requested it, it was going to be like, 26 weeks before I got to it. And I don't really um, have an issue with just putting my name on that list because I read enough that, oh, look, look what's popping up in six months, you know, that'll be fine. But I think it's so popular that they uh, purchase more copies. So I'm listening to it as an audiobook um, because it's, well, I'm really loving audiobooks right now, but it, it also is just what became available first. But this is a book about a, and again, I always struggle with not to give too many spoilers. 
It's a book about a girl, Addie LaRue, who is born in the um, late 1600s. But, so it takes place in the early 1700s um, when she is around, she's 23. And um, she's going to be forced to marry somebody that she doesn't love. And she does really does not want to do this. And bottom line, kind of um, makes a deal with the devil about to get out of having to do that, to live a life. She, you know, she's, she wants to be independent. She wants to live her own life and not be under the control of anybody else. And, um, so she gets her wish and the whole book I would say is, is about be careful what you wish for. So she is, um, the book goes back and forth between, um, that time period and a fairly contemporary time period, like in the 2004, in the you know in the 2000s here and um and during this time she's figuring out the the boundaries of her curse and how to survive within this curse and um and it's the first 20 percent of it and i know this because my friend the friend that recommended it to me said what well, how are you liking it and i'm like it's so depressing um but it does pick up the story definitely picks up and now it's one of those things where Every chance I get, I'm just like, I'm walking to the mailbox. I will put on, <laughs> put on the audiobook. Um, I walked over to a, a goodbye party yesterday in the neighborhood. I listened to it on the way there. It's like every chance. I just, I want to um, see how this is going to pan out. Here's another tip. And I know it won't work for everybody, but do you listen to audiobooks at faster than one time speed? So I have found this really helps me get through more books. And I used to think that, oh no, that sounds like a terrible thing to do. Why are we rushing through life? Well, it just it helps me um, finish books before I have to return them. Because every time I log into this, the app to play this, it says there are nine people waiting. <laughs> so I feel like I, I definitely, I'm not, if I don't finish it, I'm not going to be able to renew it. Um, but what I usually do is I start a book at one time speed and really get into the story, the narrator, like you know, and then I'll bump it up to 2.5, 1.25. And I was at 1.45 for a long time with this book. And now I've just bumped it all the way up to one and a half speed. And, you know, it doesn't sound weird. It doesn't sound rushed. It depends on the narrator. But, um, and, and it's just actually really nice to be able to, to get through these books a little bit faster. So that's a little tip. And did you know that you could do that on YouTube? I did not know that you could change the playback speed on YouTube, but you can. And I'm not going to tell you how to do it because it depends <laughs> on whether you're on a desktop or on a tablet or your phone, but just Google it. And I listen to most YouTube videos now on at least 1.25, if not 1.5 speed. And again, um, you know, I listen to a lot of chatty YouTube channels. So the fact that they're going a little bit faster is really not a problem. So there you go. That's my little tip of the day. All right, let's move on to shows. Because of um, how many audiobooks I've been listening to lately, I haven't been watching as much um, TV while I knit or hand sew, but um, I have enjoyed a few shows that you might want to know about. If you are a PBS subscriber, there is a show called The Trouble with Maggie Cole that was was quite fun to watch. Um, so what that is about, and it's it's played by oh I can't think of her name, um, but she's been on a lot of things. She was the 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 fat lady on Harry Potter, you know the fat lady in the um, and I say that literally is what her name was um, in the uh, 
the portrait as the as the Gryffindors would go into their I think it was Gryffindor would go into their dorm. Um, there was the the fat lady. She was also in um, Lark Rise to Candleford as like the the crazy woman who um, drinks too much and eventually goes to debtor's prison. Um, I can't think of her name, but she's wonderful. So this is a show that takes place. Of course, I don't know. It, it looks like Cornwall. Do I love these seaside British shows? Absolutely. The deal with her is, oh, speaking of Lark Rise to Candleford, in this show, she's married to the guy that works in the post office on Lark Ride to Candleford. Um, if you you know who I'm talking about, if you've seen that show, which if you haven't, you should. Okay, back to Maggie Cole. She is a bit of the town gossip, and she has uh, her family has lived in this town um, for years, and she runs kind of like the historical society slash gift shop. And um, there is a reporter that comes to interview her for some little special interest story that he really does not want. He thinks this is super boring. He does not want to do this interview, but they meet at a pub and he kind of gets her drunk and um, kind of entices her into some gossipy stories. And so she just, you know, four gin and tonics in is just spilling really what is conjecture um, about all kinds of different people in the town. And She's super excited about this interview, has a big party when it's going to come out, and it turns out the whole article is just about all the salacious gossip that she um, she has talked about. And so the rest of the show is, is just the fallout of that, her trying to make amends for that, um, the unintended consequences of um, the fact how she guesses at certain things and sometimes they're right and sometimes they're not, but it just has all kinds of, um, you know, weird consequences. So that was a little painful to watch from the embarrassment side of things, but also just actually really fun. So that's called The Trouble with Maggie Cole. I've also started a while back the show called The Seaside Hotel that's on PBS. It's um, a Danish show about a um, little vacation hotel, seaside hotel, and the people that come and go there. The only problem with that is that it's actually, um, the, it, the English is, is in the subtitles. So I have to, you have to read it. <laughs> you have to read it to watch it. And um, so that turned out very quickly, like, oh, I can't really sew or knit and, and want, read the subtitles. So that has um, been a little bit of a bummer, but I want to get back to that. Um, the show that I'm enjoying, um, on Acorn is Line of Duty, uh, which again, my same friend who, uh, recommended Addie LaRue is into that. Um, and that's been fun. That is just a total cop procedural. Like if you like Bosch or a show like that, then you would, um, you would like Line of Duty, but of course it's, it's in England. So you got all the great accents and everything's just more fun when it takes place in England. Right. So, so that's about it for the TV show side of things. All right, for our last segment, I usually talk about some sort of homemaking or self-care or productivity, and today's going to be a little bit of a mixed bag. I've talked last episode, episode 71, about um, this is the the summer that I was really just investing in myself and, and the different things that go along with that. And one of the things that I'm investing in right now is um, strength training. So we all should be strength training. It's something that I absolutely hate. 
um, I'm sort of got borderline osteoporosis, so I should always, I always think you should think about weight training like medicine because that is exactly what it is. But I have struggled to find a routine that works for me, mostly because I just don't want to do it. <laughs> um, I was doing Paula B, the YouTube channel, for a while, and she's lovely. She's lovely. Um, my only problem with her is that she's really um, a fitness channel that covers and it's not it's just a problem with me it's maybe perfect for you a lot of cardio she does the cardio and strength kind of mixed together and I kind of want to go out and do my own cardio and I'm only really interested in the strength training videos what is really good about um, her videos no matter what type is she incorporates stretching and balance which are wonderful so I haven't given up on her it's just that um I've repeated her strength things enough times that I'm just like, maybe I should look for something else. And I got wind of this channel called Mama Strong. And um, at first I thought, I am too old for this because a part of her shtick is that she talks about, she has um, fitness routines for if you're pregnant and you're right after birth, you know, things like that, postpartum. Um, but that's obviously not where I'm at, but she also has just regular strength training, very, you know, kind of geared towards women. Um, I did a two week trial. It is a subscription and it's like $12 a month. So I've just bought the first month. It's a better deal if you buy the year, but I'm like, let's find out if I'm really going to do this. Um, and I am really enjoying it. And her thing is, it really is kind of like the Paula B thing. It's 15 minutes a day. And where before I was doing, you know, my walking or riding bikes every day and I would do strength like two or three times a week. But I like the idea of developing a habit of saying 15 minutes, you can do anything. It's like the fly lady, right? You can do anything for 15 minutes. And she just does different types of um, resistance training, you know, di different parts of the body so that you can do it every day. So I'm trying to create that habit um, of, of doing that. So that has been working well. And I'll you know, continue to talk about that, but definitely go check that out. And there's a two week free trial. So you got kind of nothing to, to lose by, um, you know, by checking it out. There's also just a ton of content on the channel that I haven't even checked out. She does monthly, um, little, uh, vlogs and chats and little, what she calls fix it's like, if you're, if your lower back is hurting, there's probably a video for that. And, um, you know, if you really want to concentrate on your abs, she's got videos for that. So there's just a ton of content on the channel for a very reasonable price of $12 a month. So not affiliate, just kind of enjoying that. And that kind of goes along with, um, this idea that I'm playing around with, which is setting hard challenges for myself. Um, I've talked before about the Galveston diet, which is kind of the, the, the nutrition plan that I'm following, which includes intermittent fasting, anti-inflammatory foods, um, staying away from sugar and processed carbs. And the, the Galveston diet puts that all together for you. And she's introduced a challenge. Um, I guess there was something rolling around the internet called the 75 hard, which is like being like super strict about something for 75 days straight, which honestly sounds awful to me, but she's doing something called, um, it's basically a 50 day version of that. And I'm taking that down to a 10 day version of that, um, for which I'm in the middle of now before I go on vacation. Oh, I, I meant to bring up the checklist, but it's like setting out some parameters. And I am such a list maker, a box checker that these little challenges work pretty well for me. So they include every day, 30 minutes of exercise. That's not usually a problem for me. 
uh, 20 minutes of journaling and or meditation, which I aspire to do but was not doing, but I am now because I want to check that box, um, no alcohol, staying on track for the nutrition plan. Um, for me, I've also added drinking um, 64 ounces of water and making sure that I take my vitamins. So by the end of the day, I, or in the thing was, is it's, the checklist is on my desk, so I, I'm looking at it all day. Oh, tracking. Um, I track everything in Carb Manager, and that's also a really hard habit for me. So, um, But I'm about in the middle of this, which is, you know, early days, but it's working for me because I love to check boxes, and these are things that I want to do. So, um, so anyways... Uh, I was thinking, you know, that maybe in our Facebook group that we should do something like that, like set up like a challenge um, that you guys would, you know, you can plug in whatever it is that you want to be challenged to do and see if we can be and just work on like, it could be a 14 day challenge or a 30 day challenge. I don't think we need to like get too harsh here. Um, so if that's something you would like to do, just kind of let me know um, in the show notes or um, in the group, the, the um, Simple Handmade Everyday Facebook group. But let me know, and maybe we'll get that going in August. As I've mentioned in the last couple podcasts, the other self-care thing that I'm doing this year that is new to me is doing my nails. Still completely loving the Olive and June system. Um, and it's become my new pattern to take the time to do my nails um, kind of on Sunday afternoon because I do a lot of my cleaning and gardening on the weekend um, and so I don't want to do it before then <laughs> and it's really a nice way to kind of cap off the the weekend and um, I'm just really enjoying the fact that they look good for like the first time in forever so again I don't want to hit you over the head too hard with this but if you're interested in Olive and June I've got a discount code simple 20 it's good on any of the um the Manny or Petty systems, um, not apparently on like every purchase that you make, which is unfortunate. Maybe that'll change soon. But if you do pop over there, go to my show notes first, um, click on my link so that, um, which is a referral code because the more people I send over there, then, uh, you know, I get some free nail polish that I can talk about. <laughs> I'm actually really looking forward to, I use shears. Um, you know, I'm a pretty understated person, but I bought some kind of, it's called hibiscus, kind of a pinky purple that I'm going to redo my toes with. And I'm a little bit excited about doing that before vacation. Before I let you go, I would like to say thank you to So On Gray, who left a very nice review on the, for the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Again, I appreciate every single review that you guys do over there when you rate and review the podcast. Um, it helps other people find it. And apparently because I do not have the word quilt in my podcast title name, it's a little harder for people to find me. So I appreciate the help. I love to hear from you guys, so feel free to post comments on the post in the in the groups where I, I post this podcast, Instagram, DM me, email, whatever. I just love to hear from you guys, and I hope that you have a wonderful week. You can find me on my blog, Simple Handmade Every Day, on Instagram at Kristen Esser, and on the Simple Handmade Every Day Facebook group. Have a wonderful week.